Are you watching any other sports right now? Am I? Any of them? Basketball, no, baseball, would, soccer. No, I, don't I, I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> you do. You've been known to watch sports. Sure. I've, I've been known to watch other sports, but I am not currently watching any other sports. The only other sport that I am watching is Shohei Otani highlights yeah. on Twitter. So that's, that's what I've been watching. Shohei's been unbelievable. I'm actually, right now, um, I've been watching basketball, NBA basketball, more than I ever have, just ba- just basically the finals and stuff. Suns Bucks got you hooked huh, on NBA basketball. Well, you know, neither of them have won forever, and um, there's just kind of – they're both likable teams enough. I like Giannis. I like Chris Paul and those guys. And, and you know, it's not Warriors-Cavs or, you know – Yeah, that's fair. That it's not old news. Um, I did watch a little, and I, I'm kind of ashamed to say this, but of the Euro – the the euro championship i guess i don't even know what to call it but the soccer tournament that they're what yeah dude i so i hate soccer this is well known but what i do like to do is in the important games the world cup and and the euro and stuff i'll track a a a score and if it goes into extras i basically i watch it to root for penalty kicks and Hmm. uh italy defeated uh somebody croatia maybe uh someone who's listening some to other this european like, country sure. yes someone's listening to this is like you're a dumbass but they defeated someone in penalty kicks and i maintain that pk oh spain italy defeated spain in penalty kicks and pks spain, are croatia, basically the same country i mean you know it was i knew it was someone uh but pks are dumb but i like them even though they're dumb because they're not soccer which is even dumber than pks you just basically you guess one side as the goalie. You're just like, all right, I'm gonna dive left here, and if the guy goes right, it's in, and if he goes left, I get it. And it's sure it's like coin tosses. They're basically they go down to five coin tosses between both teams, and I don't know. I find the I find the process fascinating. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's like NFL overtime where you flip a coin, except then you play the, the coin game. flip. Yeah, the coin flip determines who wins. You just you get to the end of the game, flip a coin. Welcome in to It's Always Sunny in Chiefs Kingdom, the only always sunny in Philadelphia-themed Chiefs crossover podcast in the universe, brought to you by Sports Illustrated's Arrowhead Report. I'm Austin. You can find me on Twitter, the best social media platform, and also the worst social media platform, <laughs> at Real Bird Lawyer. And here with me, as always, my man Taylor Witt. You can find him on Twitter, at Taylor underscore Witt. Taylor, what's going on? We've got a uh, very non-news episode today and i'm interested to see how it turns out we are gonna get a real weird with it we do have some mailbag questions and you guys really brought it this week and i want to call special attention to that because we have some news not about the nfl but about the listener fantasy league so we're gonna do a mailbag lottery is how this is going to work so in a couple of weeks we are going to solicit mailbag submissions it's going to be tied to entry to the league now this is going to be a mailbag lottery so the more of your questions we pick the better chance you have of getting picked into the league that's how it's going to work now will there be some favoritism behind the scenes like in the nba lottery shown to 
Birds of War and former guests of the show like Daniel Harms who want to be in the league? Possibly. I can't say that there will be or there won't be. But what I can say is that if you come up with banger mailbag questions, and we did have some very good ones this week, which don't count, but good warm-up for the actual mailbag lottery that's coming in a few weeks, get ready, get your mailbag questions ready. And we're also going to do a DFS league. So we're going to have like a little redraft league. That'll probably be 12 or 14 teams. We'll have me in it. Taylor will be in it. Dan Harms will be in it because he wants to be in there. And, you know, we want him in there and probably some birds of war. And then, you know, the rest of you guys are just going to have to come up with some great mailbag questions. So, you know, get them ready to go. All the good ones, all the hits, but we're also going to do a DFS league. So for those of you that don't know, that's daily fantasy. We'll do it either on DraftKings or FanDuel, you know, one of the, the two platforms that does daily fantasy. And that'll be like a weekly thing. So everybody will get to pick a lineup and there will be a winner that will be crowned. And it will be fun because we won't be competing against professionals who do this for a living, who will just take our lunch money, which is why I stopped doing DraftKings like three years ago (laughs) because I realized I was never going to win any money. It's such a scam. And yet it's such a fun platform and idea that like those two ideas just go head to head for me. Like I love the concept of daily fantasy and it's just you're never ever ever going to win anything so just got to quit while you're not ahead but you might win something in this league unless we have you know amongst our listeners like a shark like you know a shark a fox in the hen house you know sneaking in to steal mm-hmm. all our money that would be that would be regrettable but you know the thing is the way that you win at those games is by playing like thousands and thousands of entries right and that's not how this is going to work you're going to get one entry every week and if your entry is the best you win and if it's not you lose so that's how it's going to go we'll have more news on that coming up the rest of this show is going to be a mailbag segment and we also have a new segment that we're debuting it's the slow part of the off season it's called ask ourselves anything that's where we write mailbag questions to ourselves (laughs) which we did And we're going to answer them. And they're actually great. (laughs) So we're going to do that. And then at the end, we're going to have an interview with our very own Chiefs insider, Katie Camlin, recapping the one-year anniversary of the second best day of 2020, the day that Patrick Mahomes became a Chief for life. It's going to be great. Good interview with Katie. So we'll have that at the end of the show. Stay tuned for that. Taylor, you want to get into this mailbag? Mailbag. Let's do it. So our first question from OUSAS, Kaka! Kaka! we teased this one last week. He actually sent this to us as we were recording last week's podcast. And we had, we had to take some time to think about it because this is not something that you can rush. What songs would you give to Chiefs players as theme songs slash walk-up songs? So we got some bangers. Do you, want, do you want to start or do you want me to start? I want you to start. Okay. So I started off with Tyreek Hill. Now this is a song about speed, right? It is. Uh, speed has everything to do with it. Speed has everything to do with it. He's the cheetah. I couldn't think of any good songs about the cheetah, but one of my favorite bands, this is on brand. It's been riffed by one of our listeners who has created a parody account called the Eagles Prosecutor, which is our next or second next mailbag question. couple mailbag questions down. Yep. Life in the Fast Lane by the Eagles for Tyree Kill. Boom. Mark it down. Memorable riff. It's about speed. That's Lock great. That's great. So um, I picked one for the Honey Badger, and there is a song about badgers. And of course, for anyone who's been on the internet since 
the the birth of the internet, they remember batchers, 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 mushroom, mushroom, <laughs> batchers, batchers, batchers. So that's the honey badger would walk up to that song and everyone in the crowd would be jumping up and down and doing the badger dance where they wave their arms up and down in unison and going batchers, 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 batchers. So that's it. What is the name of that song? Even? Badger, badger, badger. Badger, badger, badger. Okay. And does it have an artist or is it just an internet Weebles. meme? Okay. Weebles. Okay. All right. So Badgers by Weebles is Badger, your- Badger, Badger by Weebles. Badger, Badger, Badger by Weebles. Just get it right. Gotcha. So I've got one for uh, Chris Fink. You may remember him. He's the uh, former undrafted Notre Dame wide receiver that right. uh, was memorably touted on Twitter as the Slippery Fox by Tom Pelissero. We complimented his hype men for, you know, getting his own tweet about signing with the Chiefs as a former undrafted free agent. Uh, The Slippery Fox would, of course, come out to Fox on the Run by the British band Sweet, which you will recognize from Guardians of the Galaxy, I believe, Volume 2. So you know it. It's a good one. Fox on the Run, Chris Fink, Slippery Fox. He's a wide receiver. Lock it in. I love it. Um, I thought of, so walk up music, not only do I think of baseball, but I also think of wrestling when I think of of walk up music. And so for Travis Kelsey, there's only one song that I thought encapsulates (laughs) Travis's personality. And that is by the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, 2000, or sorry, Shawn Michaels entrance video entitled sexy boy by champions. And so that song is like sexy boy, (laughs) I think I'm cute. I know I'm sexy. It's very self-aggrandizing, very, you know, exactly the way Travis's attitude would be walking out. Um, I love it. It's perfect. If any of you guys were WWF fans, you know the song. That's that's Travis Kelsey. Well, now that you've sung it for us, I thought we agreed that there, there would be no singing. But I literally we'll, we'll... couldn't not sing that song. <laughs> okay. I had one for Travis Kelsey as well. I went a different direction with it. I get the sexy boy angle, but he's also Zeus. So there is a great song by Kiss that I think is – sung by gene simmons you know they 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 throw around different vocalists paul stanley sings a lot of their songs but gene simmons god of thunder right like Mm. i'm thinking of zeus Mm -hmm. i'm thinking of the the crashing lightning bolts you know like something heavy metal and for me kiss uh is kind of like the travis kelsey of bands right like very showy (laughs) very flashy yeah but also very good right like people people undersell kiss because of the makeup and the spitting blood and the stage theatrics the shooting fireworks out of guitars and all that nonsense and all the sex with women that they were having as well but you know that that undersells the music the music is pretty good so you know (laughs) travis kelsey kiss god of thunder makes sense to me i guess another thunder themed song could have been thunderstruck Maybe ACDC, Travis Kelsey and ACDC kind of seem like they're embodying the same spirit there. Um, Yeah, of course. You know, another band that's that's about gratuitous sex. (laughs) What's great about Kelsey is that we just named three songs and they're all like very much Travis Kelsey. His personality just oozes out. It's great. I've got another one here. It's for Frank Clark. It's an obvious choice. Oh, I know it. I know without even you saying it. Baby shark. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yep. Uh, yeah, it works because not only is it a song about sharks, but also, you know, he's kind of played like a, he's kind of a baby shark. He's kind, of a baby, he's kind of a baby shark the last uh, the last season and a half or so, not counting the 2020 postseason. So, you know, um, or 2019 postseason, I should say 2020 yeah. postseason. I, this comes up every show. It just 
just play all your games in the same year. NFL, yeah. stop, stop confusing people. Yeah, it's dumb. Stop well, that tricking groups on the internet. That was a great question, Andrew Whiteside. We appreciate that as always. That would have been worthy of an entry into the league just to give you an idea of what kind of questions you're, yeah. you're going to have to come up with. Like we're going to have to pick them out of a group of questions and actually want to answer them on the show. So don't give us all these fuck Mary kills that are just, they're, they're, they're I mean, tired. Those are funny. They're, they're funny. You know, they're, they're classic, I guess, but they're not going to get you into the fantasy league. That's right. That's right. So our next one, of course, he needs no introduction. He is. This man's the, in the league already. He's, he's in, he's in everything Jordan, we do yeah, from listen, here on out. Jordan, I just want to tell you, you do not have to come up with a mailbag. You told me no. you wanted to be in the league. You are in the league already. Lock him in. You're like the mailbag Hall of Fame. I would give up my spot in the league for Jordan if it came down to that. (laughs) Right, of course. So Jordan asks us. So he posted a picture that was posted on Twitter. It was quarterback Kings. Only five quarterbacks in NFL history have a season with 5,000 yards and 40 passing touchdowns. And he said, who are the next five quarterbacks on this list? So to recap, those quarterbacks are, of course, the savior himself, Patrick Mahomes, along with Dan Marino, Drew Brees, uh, Peyton Manning and Matthew Stafford, which was a little surprising, but it was back in 2011, the same year actually that uh, Breeze did it one of the two times he did it. Breeze is actually the only guy who's done it twice. But question being, so 4,000, 40 touchdown passes and 5,000 yards. And 5,000 yards. Huge accomplishment. Who are the next guys to do it? Um, the first thing that comes to my mind is the 17th game, which will. Sure give a little bump to the ability for these quarterbacks just to play enough games to accomplish this. There have been a couple times throughout history where 16 games was just barely short enough of one or two of these metrics. So, you know, ability wise is one thing you've got to have the ability as a quarterback, but you also have to have the opportunity in 2018 when Patrick Mahomes did it, he not only had the ability, but the defense was so bad that he was getting the ball all the time. He was throwing all the time. He was always in shootouts. That's the type of, season that someone has to have so it's not just who are the next five best quarterbacks that's an easy you know that's kind of a uh an easy answer but who is the first guy that comes to your mind as the as potentially the next guy to throw 5,040 uh I mean the first guy that comes to my mind is Aaron Rodgers because number one has he not done it yeah number one he's very good and number two I I think I mean, with the 17th game, it's not so much, you know, a defensive collapse for the Packers, although their defense has been kind of hit and miss. But I think, I mean, it's tough. I mean, Tom Brady's never done it either. The year that he threw 50 touchdowns, he was just shy of 5,000 yards. It's hard to throw for 5,000 yards and throw for 40 touchdowns unless your defense is really bad or you're just unbelievably efficient. Um, And sometimes it has to be both. And you kind of have to have, you know, like in Peyton Manning's case, he was trying to set those records you know like they were throwing the ball up six scores and so was Brady in 2007 you know um I think you you have to have that edge that like we're gonna we're gonna beat the shit out of people and blow people out and we're gonna run up the score and I think Aaron Rodgers who's probably gonna come back to the Packers and play this year I could see him having that edge and he had it last year he won the MVP I could see it being on a different level this year so, yeah. I mean, he's kind of the first guy that comes to mind. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I did want to note the five years that this happened were Dan Marino, 1984, yeah, and then I'm 2011 sure. for both Breeze and Stafford. Breeze did it again in 2012. Manning did it in 2013. And then Mahomes did it in 2018. So that being said, 
you know, it's trending in the direction where, you know, four of these five guys happened in the last 10 years. So if, if you're going to have to throw a guy out there and he's going to have to throw all the time and he's going to, and he's good enough, I think it's Joe Burrow's a pretty good bet. And Hmm, that's, that's a good choice. I don't think the Bengals are really, um, I think if he were chasing these numbers, if he starts off the season slinging it a bunch, and then they're probably not playing for a whole lot other than, Hey, let's get Joe Burrow a shit ton of passing records because you know, there's nothing more exciting going on in Bengals football than that. So I do think, like you said, with the motivation, there has to be a reason. I, that's why Mahomes, I just don't know if the chiefs are, are blowing people out that he's going to continue to throw the ball. Like we saw in 18, if he doesn't need to, but a guy like Burrow, I could totally see that. Yeah. Joe Burrow. Also, he threw the ball 404 times last year, yes, in essentially attempts. nine games. Cause he got knocked out of one game early. Yep. I mean, he, he, his attempts were just off the charts. Yep. So I could definitely see that. Um, I think, kind of in the same mold, a guy maybe on a, a worse team that could put up some numbers kind of, and I don't want to say in garbage time quite, but you know, yeah, a, a guy with a bad defense that could, could take advantage of that would be a guy like Matt Ryan. I'm yeah. actually a little bit surprised. Now Matt Ryan would have to hit 40 touchdowns. I think he's only done that once, right? but he's a guy with some good weapons. Their defense has always been terrible and he has put up, the yardage numbers a number of times. So he came really close to hitting uh, 5,000 yards three years ago. He had 4,924 and 35, and mm-hmm. that was in 16 games. So the last couple of years, the touchdown numbers have been down 26 the last two years. But in his MVP year in 2016, 4, 9, 44, and 38 touchdowns. So, I mean, good. really, really close. Uh, one more game, year. he would have done yeah. it. Oh, one more game, he would have done it easily. Uh, and so I think he's a pretty good bet. Now he is 35. And so going into the season, he's going to be 36. I mean, I don't know that he has a lot more opportunities to do it, but uh, he would be a guy that I would pick on that list as well. Uh, his over the last three years, Mahomes is second in the NFL in passing yards behind Matt Ryan. He's right. so, I mean, he's really the yardage I think would be no problem at all. It really, like you especially said, especially with the 17th game, especially the 17th game, um, a guy that, um, I've thought about as far as a lot of passing records, just based on his skill that I've seen so far is Justin Herbert. And I think sure. that Herbert, basically, if he does anything record setting, I'm not going to be surprised. And that would include throwing for 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns. Kid looks unbelievable. And I do think the chargers are another one of those types of teams, even though I think conceptually they have a pretty good defense, but like they haven't really done much ever. And right. so if they're, yeah, exactly. So if they're running after, if he's coming up there with a couple games to go and he's, you know, got to throw four touchdowns a game in order to make it like, I could just see them kind of focusing their energy on Herbert the same way that I could have seen Burrow just based on kind of the narrative around the team. Yeah. I mean, you're the chargers, you are never going to win a Super Bowl or, you know, playoff games or whatever. So you might as well try for individual records. The last guy I'll throw out a little bit of an obvious one. It's Josh Allen. And yeah, You know, I think Josh Allen is going to regress from last year. I don't know that he could be good Josh Allen for an entire season. The Chiefs, both times they played him, made him look pretty bad. Mm -hmm. And the Chiefs have done this to pretty good quarterbacks over the years. You know, they have Lamar Jackson's number. They've done it to Deshaun Watson a couple of times that they've played him. They shut down Josh Allen. But I do think that the Bills are 
they're such a pass heavy team in their current configuration. And they really have leaned into, we're going to throw the ball a lot. And so last year, uh, obviously in 16 games, 4,544 yards and 37 touchdowns. So about 400 yards short, but only three touchdowns short. Obviously you get an extra game in there. If they continue to pass at the rate that they're passing, they're really, they're really oriented to him throwing them ball. I mean, they've gotten him wide receivers on wide receivers and their running backs stink. And, you know, he's a guy that can make stuff happen and improvise down the field. I think that one of the, I mean, not with Manning necessarily or Marino, but like Stafford and Mahomes, you know, part of the way that you get to 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns is being able to make big plays when you're flush. Now you have the the three guys, Marino, Manning, and, and Breeze that have done it that are just like your precision – perfect mm-hmm. pocket passers that just don't mm-hmm. make mistakes and are always going to find the open man. The other way to do that is by having the ability to improvise, which obviously Josh Allen does. So yeah. those are our five guys. Great question. Jordan, I, as always, I would, one? I would like to just talk real quick about the reason we didn't pick Deshaun Watson, obviously, oh, everyone, I mean, well, you know, yeah. his, his future. I do think skill wise, I mean, Deshaun slung the ball all over the field with, from the moment he got up there. And if he does, play football again, I guess, um, and gets himself in the right situation. I mean, I think he could do it. Uh, I also think Dak is the type of guy that, I mean, oh, we sure. saw before he got hurt last year, he, his attempts were through the roof. He was setting, yeah, Dak is, Dak is good. he was setting yardage numbers all over the place. So Dak and Deshaun are two guys, although they didn't make our top five list and Deshaun's for off field reasons. Um, they both, you know, have a pretty good shot. Dak finished 32nd in the NFL in passing yards and he played in five games. So, you know, um, he had more passing yards than a number of individuals who played more games than him, including, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, Alex Smith, Tua. Uh, he was right behind. He actually, he finished uh, less than uh, 200 yards behind Andy Dalton, who started 11 or who started nine games. <laughs> Wait a minute. How, how did he have more yards than Tua? Didn't Tua play every game last year? No, two only started nine games. He started nine games and he only threw for 18. Oh, yards. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Dak, right? Yeah, yeah. Fitzpatrick, oh, yeah, yeah. bro. Dun, 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 how dun, how dun, can dun, you dun, forget? It's all, Dak, it's been a long time. <laughs> I know it has been a long time. I'm long. thinking, you know, it's been a long time since we've seen Dak Prescott, but Dak Prescott in five games had 1,856 yards. NFL record. And Andy Dalton in nine games had 2,170. So, I mean, he Jeez. was right. He was right behind him despite starting half as many games. Uh, so, yeah, that's a great choice, too. I like that. Good question, Jordan. We've got one from the aforementioned Eagles prosecutor. Definitely uh, got to give him a Eagles prosecute one. Kaka! Well, you know, it's Eagles. It's uh, it's clearly themed around the show. I like that. We have a, uh, we have <laughs> dirigible law expert as well uh, who yeah. didn't weigh in with the mailbag. I, I suspect they're probably the same person. You know, they appeared around the same time. This was a great mailbag question though. And whoever came up with this on their burner account, Jordan or whoever yeah. it was, <laughs> they did a great job. And this was an amazing question. So replace a character from game of Thrones with an always sunny character for an episode of your choice slash do the same thing again, vice versa. So I'm going to let you start. Yep. So I me. am moving a game of Thrones character into it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Okay. I am picking the very famous Dennis system. That where Dennis talks about his system of dating and it's an acronym D E N N I S. Sure. So instead, I am going to move Tormund Giantsbane, big 
red bearded, awesome dude from Game of Thrones, and he is going to replace Dennis and come up with the Tormund system. <laughs> so the Tormund system, just for uh, the episode's sake, it's going to be T, tell the woman she is big. O, <laughs> offer to bed her. R, recall suckling giant's milk. <laughs> M, make sure she notices your beard. U, unite warring tribes of savages. N, never give up, even though she has the hots for someone else. And D, don't die because her crush probably will. So that's oh. the torment system. Well, that was expertly played. I love it. That would be a huge smash crossover hit. It would. I cheated a little bit on mine because <laughs> it surprised. did say it did say for an episode, but I couldn't confine myself to one episode because I have wow. a direct one-for-one -one replacement <laughs> taking Charlie Kelly okay. from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and I'm moving him into the world of Game of Thrones to take the place of another bastard man who doesn't know who his father is, ah. Jon Snow. Okay. And if you think about it, they bear a lot of similarities. Not yeah. only do they not know who their father is, but Jon Snow is definitely the guy stuck doing the Charlie work at Castle yes. Black. You know, yes. he's, he's cleaning toilets, your, your basic, you know, your sludges, your slimes. <laughs> Jon Snow is the man who's handling that. And I feel like in general, this would be a winning crossover. You know, Charlie would be excellent at going undercover, you know, to, to be with the wildlings. He loves to wear disguises. Yeah. He loves to get naked. He does. You know, these are things that the wildlings are very into. So I feel like he would be able to infiltrate, you know, he, he could pull out like a Serpico costume, you know, whatever <laughs> it would be. He could go undercover and successfully infiltrate the wildling hordes and then bring that information back to Castle Black, where he's doing the Charlie work. So Charlie would make a great Jon Snow. Charlie would be the Jon Snow, and then at the end, of course, you know he he'll kill whoever. I mean, I guess it would <laughs> still, I guess it would still be Daenerys. Uh, you know, spoilers, we could, bro. We could replace her with the waitress. That would be that would be a, an intriguing crossover. So that's that's my choice. That was a great question. Yeah, I love it. Uh, so that brings us to our new segment ask ourselves anything. So we've talked about for a while that, you know, mailbag questions are great, but sometimes they're just things we want to talk about and it's not newsworthy and it's not, you know, we're just basically going to ask ourselves because we, <laughs> yeah. we feel that it's our show we've got, and we we've can do got whatever some we really good do. questions. We've got some really good questions for ourselves. Yes. So Austin asked us, Austin, bird of war, of course, Kaka! Kaka! Asked, <laughs> asked us to fill in the blanks. Blank is the John Elway of blank. Oh, this is an amazing segment. Great question, me. I love this one. So I'm gonna I'm gonna just riff on these for a minute. Um, so starting off with the John Elway, John Elway of cities, that is definitely Dallas. Now I was oh, yeah. corrected. I was corrected. I did originally pitch St. Louis as the the John Elway of cities, but not enough people outside of St. Louis. In fact, no one outside of the city of St. Louis acknowledges St. Louis as great. And in order to be the John Elway of something, as anyone who's listened to the show knows, you have to be perceived as great, but you actually have to be terrible. What, uh, just, to, just to recap, Austin is saying St. Louis is too shitty to be compared to John Elway. That's correct, because the only people that think that St. Louis is good are people that live in St. Louis. That's right. Whereas, and even most of them probably don't. Right. Well, in their heart of hearts, they know that, that it's not. But no one outside of the city of St. Louis thinks that St. Louis is good. So your pick was Dallas. My pick was Dallas. And I've always maintained this. Now, full disclosure, I did go to college in San Antonio mm -hmm. and I did go to law school in Austin. So I have hit and a lot of my friends were from Houston. So <laughs> accuse me of anti-Dallas 
buy us all you want. But for being one of the 10 largest cities in America, it's just lame. It doesn't have anything interesting about it. Like the yeah. Cowboys are basically like everything about Dallas is like a caricature of Texas. It's just like how big is our stuff. It's just not interesting. Like the most famous thing about Dallas, like what's the first thing you think of when you think of Dallas? Um, small penises. I didn't think that was. <laughs> I thought that you were going to go with JFK, right? Like yeah, 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 that's yeah. actually the most, the most famous thing about Dallas is that a president got shot there and it's right. big. Come on. That's, that's lame. That's lame. Right. It's the John Elway of cities. Obviously the John Elway of bands as anyone who's listened to the show or followed me on Twitter knows it's Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin is an extremely overrated, overrated band. People do perceive it as top five all time. This is the best one for one comparison of John Elway to any non-football thing that exists in the world. Led Zeppelin, John Elway of bands trash. Uh, and then this one's going to get me in hot water. But again, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that this is a take that I have. The Office is the John Elway of TV shows, but specifically Taylor. Michael Scott is the John Elway of TV characters. He's like whenever the ringer does like their all time TV characters brackets, he's like in the top two. Yeah. And he sucks. He's not he's awesome. He's not funny. He's a shitty person. He is he's, extremely he, funny. His character arc is bad. He remains a bad person to the very end. He's barely redeemed. It's a comedy show. Yeah, but you're talking about barely redeemed as a character, and our favorite show is Always Sunny. Yeah, well, but see, that's that's a perfect contrast, though, right? Because it's Always Sunny. You know, they started around the same time, right? And Always Sunny is still going strong. That's right. As uh, you know, uh, Rob McElhaney like went to the office and basically made a funny TikTok video dunked about on how, yeah, dunked on him because they're still on the air and the office is, you know, <laughs> running reruns on TBS or whatever. Yeah, probably not even doing that anymore. But the thing about Sunny is like it's a show about bad people that's actually funny. Michael Scott is just a cringeworthy character. Like the the things that he does that are terrible aren't funny. They're just cringeworthy they and and they have aged poor they've aged poorly they've aged horribly like they just the the bad elements of his character aren't funny whereas Sonny is constantly evolving you know in a way that sort of makes it i don't know it, like you could go back and watch episodes of Sonny from the early 2000s yeah, that think- should be really cringy now based on the evolving <laughs> standards of decency of our society but which are still funny because well, I watch show. early episodes of The Office and still crack up. So I will yeah. officially veto that selection. However, I appreciate your passion. Okay, well, give me some of yours so that I can veto yours. <laughs> so my probably most controversial take I have in pop culture is that Blade Runner is the John Elway movie. Ah, and, it's trash. That's ridiculous. And most of that has to do with hype, which is identical to John Elway. So sure. before I saw Blade Runner... I had heard nothing other than it's an amazing movie. It's my favorite sci-fi movie. It's my favorite movie of all time. It's going to blow your mind. It's, it's amazing. So I like go into this viewing of Blade Runner in high school and I'm like, oh man, this movie's supposed to kick ass. And it just sucks. It's just not fun or interesting <laughs> or it's boring. And I get to the end of it. And part of it was just this letdown of like, man, that was the movie that everyone was fired up about. If I had just been flipping through the channels one night and like started Blade Runner at the opening credits, I probably would have been like, oh, that movie was pretty good. But no, it wasn't pretty good. It sucked. And it's the John Elway movies. The thing about Blade Runner where you're dead wrong is that y- you do have to appreciate the context in which Blade Runner sort of presents itself, which is like the office. You mean? No, because the office didn't do anything new or interesting or revolutionary. Like Blade Runner is like the Beatles or Dune. Have you ever read Dune? I have. Dune is like 
Blade Runner is sort of like the Dune of movies, right? Like Dune is like like this, Dune is like this revolutionary genre defining, like it created a genre, Dune did. I read Dune a couple of years ago for the first time and I was like, I don't get it. This, This book is fine. But then, you know, like you realize that book came out in whatever trailblazer. Like the, the early sixties and it is a trailblazer and it created this genre, like this world building science yeah. fiction genre that so many other stories and universes borrowed from the office basically what, created the mockumentary. Oh, come on. I, I mean, mean, they did the name a mockumentary before the office, but it's not really a mockumentary. It's just a dumb sitcom. That isn't funny. It's fine. <laughs> uh, Blade Runner is great. And Harrison Ford is great, and Rucker Hauer is great. You know the uh, the tears and rain. Yeah, yeah, I get it. It's dumb. End it's he wrote. He just wrote it in the script. Yeah. You know, all these moments will be lost, like tears and tears rain. And rain. That, oh, guy cry didn't, me a fucking river, that guy didn't. That guy didn't even. That guy didn't even speak English as his first language. <laughs> and he read the script, and, and no, it you doesn't could, make the line any better. It oh, just it, it makes it more impressive that he wrote it because yeah, he, exactly. It's awesome. Yeah. R.I.P. Rucker Hauer. But he literally he like took the script and he's like this speech sucks. I got to go write a better one. And he, <laughs> and he did. He just yeah, went back to his trailer in like 10 minutes. The dialogue he, sucked because the movie nah, sucked. It's a great movie. And it's got so many different, you know, cuts, which makes it fun. You know, there's like six oh, different director's oh, cuts. Whoa, you know what? This you know what? You know what is the John Elway of books? Uh, this is a good take. Okay. It's actually the book that Blade Runner is based on. <laughs> Android's Android Dream Electric, Electric Sleep. Sheep. Yes, <laughs> that book actually does suck. Never read. And the movie is much better than the book. Well, like that's I, a, probably a low bar. I saw the movie, sucked. which is iconic and great, and then I read the book, and I was like, this this book is it's lousy. Like, um, the prose is just clunky. It's awkward. Like he's just not a very good writer. And I don't know. It, it's it's the John Elway book. Right. Yeah. Philip K. Dick and Philip K. Dick has created just an unbelievable wealth of great science fiction that's been adapted into largely extremely successful, awesome adaptations of stuff. But the books, no, Blade Runner is great, (laughs) but the book that it's adapted from actually does suck. Okay, let's move on. Oh, wait, I've got one more lasagna. John Elway of food. It's not good. Lasagna is it's like, what's the point of it? Ricotta is the cheese that you're going to use. I I don't know. My wife, Although I think my wife the, likes it, but mm, I yeah. think the argument there is that people probably don't think lasagna is very good. I guess maybe some people do. I, yeah, I guess that's, some people probably some do. People it's probably definitely do. not like, it's definitely not like a top five food, no. but also like who <laughs> I literally Googled like best foods when I was trying to think of John Elway of foods so that yeah. I could, I could choose one from that list that's overrated and terrible, (laughs) but like you just can't find lists of the five best foods on the internet. It's like preposterous question. It's a preposterous question. It is a preposterous (laughs) question. So lasagna is the John Elway food for me. Um, We've got another question also from me. (laughs) Kaka, (laughs) kaka, which is to to compare quarterbacks to movies. So we're going to take a movie and we're going to compare it to a quarterback or vice versa, whichever. I'm going to let you start on this one. Yes. So uh, I am going to name something that came out in 1999 and was dope and was high flying action packed. And you didn't really understand why. And that was both Kurt Warner and the matrix. So <laughs> okay, sure. Kurt Warner, obviously greatest show on turf won the Super Bowl in 1999 and was 
he was bagging groceries and then he became the hottest quarterback in the NFL. They're doing this ridiculous movie based on him starring Zachary Levi and uh, (laughs) Dick Vermeil is played by um, Dennis Quaid. I'll have to look it up. I forget. Yeah. I think it is. It is. I think it's Dennis Quaid. I think it is Dennis Quaid. Yeah. 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 And uh, so anyway, so uh, Kurt Warner obviously had a Hollywood like story and uh, that's, that's the matrix. Did you see in this trailer, I guess, like I I saw another trailer just now for um, I'm trying to think of what it was, but I I, the trend with trailers now is instead of just showing the movie, like part of the trailer is to have some jackass like come on and talk about the movie. What? Like, yeah, this. No, the, the Kurt Warner trailer that I saw, like half of it was Kurt Warner talking about how cool oh. his story is well i saw that trailer too but i thought that was because i yeah i guess i didn't think that was like a trend i thought that was just because it's based off Kurt okay Warner. but then i also saw <laughs> i just went to imdb i saw a trailer for the king's man yeah which is a prequel to the kingsman trilogy yep and literally same deal it's like a, a minute of a conventional movie trailer and then like the director comes on and it's like Weird. this is a prequel to the kingsman trilogy and it's a true prequel for x y and z reason i'm like what is what is what is happening <laughs> it's a bizarre trailer people are too dumb to just understand yeah. a movie trailer without someone coming on and walking them through it yeah okay so we've got our next movie here and we have different responses to this uh uh-huh. shawshank redemption it is uh-huh. the number one rated movie on imdb top 100 Number one rated movie ever, 9.3 out of 10 stars, aggregate reviews. I picked Drew Brees for this. Uh, the way that I would describe Shawshank Redemption is it is not a revolutionary, groundbreaking, wild movie that's going to make you go, holy shit, I can't believe that just happened. It's just an extremely competent movie in all respects. The acting is very good. The story is very good. Like Everything about it is above average to great to good. And that creates a movie that overall is great and has mm-hmm. had a great run, a great career, but not necessarily something that's gonna, you know, like I've seen that movie maybe two times in my life. Like I don't, wow. I don't need to rewatch it all the time. It's a very good movie, but it's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's Drew Brees. It's Drew Brees. Yeah. I think that's a, a fair comp. Um, I went a little bit more lofty than breeze because i do think that if someone tells me shawshank is their favorite movie of all time i probably am not gonna have a lot to argue with them so for me that's a guy like joe montana where you know breeze i don't think anyone's gonna come out there unless they're saints fans and say that breeze is the best quarterback of all time and i do think shawshank has the chops to be named someone's best movie of all time. Maybe not everyone's, but enough. Obviously it's the top of the IMDb list. Sure. And, yep. and so Montana's the type of quarterback that, you know, not every, not every NFL fan is going to say that Joe Montana was the best quarterback of all time, but there's certainly a segment of them. And there's certainly enough of them that when they make the argument undefeated in the Super Bowl and all the, you know, the era and all that stuff. I mean, you really, there's not a ton to debate against him. So that's kind of my Shawshank Joe Montana comparison. That's fair. So Let's just let's just get it out of the way. Yeah, we've got to we've got to come up with Pat. Yeah, who's the Patrick Mahomes of movies? Well, so Patrick is perfect, right? I mean, I think yep. that's I think we'll establish that right off the bat. It's it's something that you would consider to be a slam dunk greatest of all time. Something that it just gets you from start to finish. That's going to complete your life if you haven't seen it. Um, and for me, 
that's Lord of the Rings. That's all three trilogy. We we didn't just we're not just going to do one movie for Patrick Mahomes. Come on, that's that's ridiculous. Sure, no, so, that's preposterous. So for me, that's Fellowship, Two Towers, Return of the King. I have rewatched it basically quarterly um, for about the last five years or so, and and regularly before that too. And uh, it's perfect. It's great in every way. We've talked about Lord of the Rings on this show all the time, and it's the it's the most. I can honor Patrick Mahomes and it probably still isn't even good enough for that, but it's my goat movie franchise. So that's why it goes there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess the, uh, the rare interceptions by Patrick Mahomes would be like, you know, the dumbass lines that they wrote into Lord of the Rings, like, you know, toss me and the dumb, I will not tossing tolerate the slander. No, I mean, listen, <laughs> uh, it's a great movie series. One of the great movie series of all time. Big fan. For me, it's the original trilogy of Star Wars, which sure. are perfect movies and that I have watched hundreds of times. And that to me is Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, it's not just, it, it, it's a contrast, right, from Shawshank Redemption, which is a, a well-executed story. Everything operates at a high level, right? Like that's, that's clinical, that's Drew Brees. But Patrick Mahomes is transcendent. And there are, are things that he does that you're like, whoa, it really mm-hmm. blows your mind. And the first no time that I watched mm-hmm. Star Wars, that was how I felt. And I still feel that way about Star Wars. Just the, the, the daringness of Star Wars, some of the narrative choices, which then they decided to recycle in you know, the <laughs> sequel trilogy, which is basically just a remake of all the movies, but worse. <laughs> uh, Patrick Mahomes, Star Wars original trilogy, locking it in. Okay, so I got one that, I don't know how you're going to feel about this, but okay. you're a big Marvel guy. And I, I, I like Marvel. Sure, but, but you're I, not as big of a Marvel guy as I am. Yeah, I'm not as big of a Marvel guy as you. And I, so my MCU thing, these are these are blockbusters, right? There's, yep. there's a lot of eye candy. They're big hits. They put up huge numbers at the box office, right? Yep. Like, but they're not going to win you any Oscars, all right? They're not going to get you the whole enchilada, okay? They're not going to win you a Super Bowl. And that to me is Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I do like the comp. I, uh, but you know, the MCU has a special place in my heart, obviously. But that being said, the universal comparison there between what Lamar does on the football field and what the MCU does in the movie theater is pretty apt. I mean, that's yeah. there's a lot of flash, like you said, um, a lot of a lot of gaudy numbers, but they're just not going to be anyone's anyone's best movie of the year really i mean now right. i i loved endgame and infinity war and but that being said yes i i think your comparison there is perfect so our next guy i i really like we've got to talk about we've got to talk about tom brady okay? sure we got to talk about him if you're gonna compare movies to him you know we've got to we've got to wrap all that is tom brady up into into a movie parallel. And I think you came up with a pretty good, pretty good one here. Yeah. So, I mean, what is Tom Brady, but a system quarterback who, who is sort of incidental to the movies that he's playing in. Like he's, he's the lead character, but, but is he like, is he really like, what is he really doing? Yeah. You know, like he's, I mean, his, uh, his defense is out there creating turnovers and winning him Super Bowls. His kicker's winning him Super Bowls. His head coach is winning him Super Bowls. He's just kind of there, you know? Yep. But, like, he's the one that gets is the on attention. the front cover. He's the one that's on the front cover of the movie, and he's the one that everybody views as this iconic player. 
And to me, that's like Jason Voorhees in Friday the 13th, right? Like, Solid. Love he it. He doesn't really even talk. No. Nope. He just goes around killing people for literally they've made like 15 of these movies now. <laughs> and he kills them. They're dumbasses. You know, like he doesn't even have to try very hard. It's not like he's a <laughs> genius serial killer. He just walks up to him and stabs him. That's basically right. what Brady does on the football field. It's basically like the 15 years that Brady was playing the Jets and the Bills and, Bills the, Dolphins. and the Dolphins in the AFC yeah. East. That's what it is. Like those are the people that Jason is out killing. Yeah. They're just these trash bag idiot teenager <laughs> football teams that are out there having sex smoking weed and getting right. murdered that's what the, it is those movies are so much more about the atmosphere about the you know the thrill of the chase and all that stuff and like none of that is because of jason that's all that's everyone else around him making that happen so and yet jason is an iconic horror character you know that's like right. you you want to you want to talk about iconic movie characters now that's partly because he's just stuck around for a really long ass time and you know those movies have made a lot of money they're very successful but uh i think this is a very apt comparison for us it's it's perfect yeah so we will wrap that question up with Derek carr because we love trashing on Derek carr we've trashed on elway and brady and everyone else we like to trash on so we couldn't leave him out and to me the first thing i thought of when i thought of Derek carr was his guy liner obviously because that's one of his defining characteristics and and that just screamed twilight to me that just Mm. screamed the the shiny vampires and the you know bunch of little girls might like it but it's not really worth a shit at all and it's super boring and dumb and it's you know, it's just not, it's not going to do it for me. So that's Derek Carr. Derek Carr is definitely Twilight for sure. We've got an actual mailbag question here from Corey04, <laughs> which we positioned here at the end of Ask Ourselves Anything because it's a nice transition into our next piece. But question for the podcast from the future that actually now is the past because we're recording this on July 8th. I don't know how the timeline worked out there, but uh, how did you guys celebrate Patrick Mahomes Day? on july the 6th so if he's saying the not the original patrick mahomes day last year but the anniversary of it this year just to clarify he's not saying how did we celebrate he is, and he sent this question before july 6th this and week. we are now answering yeah. it yep after july 6th well i celebrated it how i celebrate every significant holiday and that's by going back and looking at what stupid shit people were saying on twitter a year ago and then roasting them for it so that's what I did. I woke up on the morning of the 6th, popped out my handy dandy time hop app, which takes me back one year ago today to all the tweets that were going on, all the takes that were flying around. And I just uh, flamed some Raiders fans on Twitter. And with that, we are joined by a very special guest on the podcast. We have the one year anniversary of Katie Camlin breaking the big Patrick Mahomes 10 year deal. And so Katie was kind enough to join us on the podcast. Katie, how are you tonight? Good. Thanks for having me. For sure. So um, obviously, Austin and I were both. Um, we're the real stars you. of this story. <laughs> That's right. Everything, you know, obviously is seen through the prism of how we experienced it. So we're just going to kind of we want to kind of walk through that day with you and kind of how some of your experiences went. Obviously, just starting out, it was just a regular day at work. And then so the, the Chiefs official or, or whoever, how would you know this guy was with the Chiefs? He wore a Chiefs polo. So here's the thing is something got misconstrued in this whole blow up is he came in right before I got to work. So oh. 
this was all, and I've told this is this isn't like I haven't been lying. I've told yeah, yeah. I told other people this too, but you know, it becomes a story of its own. But he came in before I got to work, and um, he was wearing a cheese polo per my boss. Um, and so I got to work at around noon, and my boss was like, "Hey, here's what just happened." Um, so he, my boss, told me about it. He told me everything the guy said. Um, but it did happen like right before I came to work. So twelve twenty one is when you tweeted this. So you get mm-hmm. to work at noon, 1221. I'm just going to read this tweet into the record. I have a screenshot of this. As you told me on the fateful day that this happened, screenshots are forever. Yeah, and they I, certainly I was looking are. at those this morning. That's yeah. so funny lucky, lucky for you, Katie, somebody <laughs> screenshotted this and preserved this moment for posterity for all time. So you tweet at 1221 Arrowhead time, a front office employee for the Chiefs came in and bought six bottles of Dom Perignon, said there's a big signing today for googly eyes he said it's not chris jones so my guess is a mahomes deal now this all in this intel all came to you secondhand so your your boss was he a chiefs fan did he at least like did he do a little investigative uh, digging here yeah so my boss his dad has had season tickets for like i don't even know how long so my boss has season tickets and he was really excited we actually like kind of went and like had a meeting in the beer club. <laughs> nice this is what happened. And so another thing is that we didn't have six bottles on hand because we rarely. Oh, nice. But when he told me this, you know, he was he's like he was looking for six bottles. And so I just like assumed that, oh, they bought them. Um, But he said he was kind of dogging the guy like, oh, you know, what's going on? And I guess the guy said, you know, there's a signing. And Justin, my boss, was like, well, who is it? And so they kind (laughs) of did this little coy, like back and forth. And then I just kind of tweeted it like, what he had told me, but I didn't say my boss just told me, you know, blah, blah, right, blah. Right, so sure. it kind of got, you know, it became a, a whole different story kind of in the hubbub, but that is actually what happened. Well, you're, you're the one who tweeted it out. And so, you know, as far as we're concerned, you're the hero of this story. Your boss <laughs> didn't tweet it. I mean, you tweeted it, you know, do you think Schefter gets all of his information firsthand? No, that's right. He's got middlemen. Like, that's he's true. got middlemen. He's just the one who tweets it out from the official account. So really that just adds to your insider cred, in my opinion. I like that perspective. But the second I see, I, I went back and checked the receipts on this. So you, you <laughs> dropped this tweet at 1221. And now I, I instantly quote tweeted this. Okay. My my quote tweet on this came at 1121 Mountain Time, which is the exact <laughs> same time that you tweeted this. And I'll tell you why that was. I only used three googly eyes on my quote tweet. But I, I was, I obviously would have been at work also, uh, just, you know, checking Twitter like I do sometimes at mm-hmm. work. Hopefully my boss isn't listening to this. Um, but I saw this tweet pop into my feed and I instantly quote tweeted this. And I have to give a little bit of context for why I did that, because obviously there's a lot of fake insiders out there. People will do anything for cred. Right. People will do anything for clicks. There are tons of people out there who are trying to get people with their fake news. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of people that fall for it, frankly. Right. But when you tweeted this out and you know, I, I had been, I followed you before you were famous. All right. I just want to, I just want (laughs) to make that clear for our listeners. But when I saw you tweet this, you know, I, the reason I reacted that way and like instantly retweeted it was I just had the sense from following you on Twitter that, that you were not the kind of person to, to do this for attention and that, the reason you kind of put this out there is because, hey, there there might actually be some legitimate news going on. So kind of take us through your thought process of, you know, what made you decide to put this out there on Twitter as opposed to just kind of hanging on to it? Yeah. So the funny thing is that um, 
I had this, I guess, idea in my head when I look back on it that like, well, of course we were going to sign him. Like somehow in my brain, like this wasn't a huge deal. Yeah, um, sure. Which is really kind of hard to explain, but it's like he had just won the Super Bowl for us. Like, you know, the city is just like elated. And I was like, oh, well, like it was just going to happen eventually. Like as a, and it was just a matter of time. Um, right. I think in some weird way, I didn't think it was like as big of a deal as it was. Um, and I... I don't know. I, I'm kind of impulsive. And that's one thing I've kind of <laughs> learned since um, having a lot more followers is like, think before you tweet. And sometimes, you know, I, I, I just tweeted it. And I remember I was a little hungover from like 4th of July festivities. Sure. And um, I was kind of just like, I was anxious afterwards, but I, I think I tweeted it just because I was like, oh, this is cool and exciting. And, you know, we might have, you know, we might be the first ones to know. And that's kind of fun. I just, I don't know. I really didn't think it through. I didn't really think past like hey this was a cool thing that just happened in our store yeah it's interesting because obviously we all knew that it was a foregone conclusion but this really was like i was going back through the the timeline today and like it obviously we all knew it was going to happen but like i mean there wasn't anybody that said hey they're close to a deal or you know like it was all kind of news in march or april it's like hey you know of course they're gonna sign patrick mahomes to a long-term extension you know this is the offseason that it's going to get done but like nothing had been imminent until you kind of dropped this this kernel of knowledge and so taylor this is where you, this is where you come into the story yeah, yeah katie yeah. puts out this tweet which will go into the archives of internet lore for all time. <laughs> so and then four minutes gotta, later, gotta, I'm the hero of this story because I was yeah. the first one to retweet it. Now <laughs> you're the villain of this story. Really? <laughs> I'm going to let you pick it up. Well, you know, so in my mind, a chief's employee walks in popping his mouth off about this top <laughs> secret information that no one else knows. So I responded to you four minutes after you tweeted and said, this dude should probably get fired for running his mouth up, which you know, you basically, you casually replied and you were like, if it might get him in trouble, I'll delete it. You know, it's, it had only been up for a couple of minutes. And I feel like, you know, after you deleted it, I said that, well, that was quite the clout sacrifice you just made. And you were <laughs> like, well, I, I did think about the retweets, but you know, now it's gone. But then I do, I did say, don't worry when it gets announced later today, we're posting screenshots of that for days. Eat your heart out, Schefter. I mean, it was like, we yeah. already knew this was 10 minutes after you posted it. And I could kind of see that if this was actually going to happen, like this was going to blow up. But for, so basically, first of all, I'm sorry for influencing the decision to delete <laughs> it. Do you regret deleting it, looking back on it? Um, you know, sometimes I think it would be fun to have that like pinned on my profile. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I really like you said, like you said that. And I was like, oh, no, because <laughs> I am such a I mean, I'm honestly just an anxious person. And I, I'm a very like a people pleaser. And I was like, oh, he's going to be mad at me. And then like, what if the chiefs are mad at me? And then my brain just went to like, what if land? And I was like, oh, my God, take it. Burn down. it all down. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and especially about the guy, because, yeah, I was like, I, I don't know. it. Yeah, I was like, he, I, he was a dumbass. He shouldn't have said anything. Well, and, and to be fair, he didn't say it to you. Right. You know, like, I mean, right, and that's another just... thing is like, I was kind of worried about the whole like when it started to blow up, I was like, people are going to find out that this isn't exactly what happened. And I'm like, well, actually, I wasn't at work yet. And well, this and this. And, you know, I just it just really started sure. stressing me out, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it must have it must have stressed you out quite a bit more so i mean i mean walk us through like so the next tweet that comes out 
is Tim Grunhard, who's obviously a former Chiefs player. He's involved with local radio. He announces one hour after your tweet at 119, says, Patrick Mahomes fans rejoice. Good news is on the horizon. Hashtag Chief forever. But, you know, at this point, we're still 30 minutes away from the official Schefter tweet. I mean, you kicked Schefter's ass by like two hours. <laughs> okay. But after you deleted this, did you, did you have a sense at all? I mean, obviously you're at work. Did you have a sense at all that like, there was something brewing that this might blow up into what it eventually would become, or were you just kind of oblivious to this whole thing? Um, no, my, my, my phone between <laughs> that time and Schefter, it was still really getting traction. And I was like, shut up, guys, shut up, shut up, let it die, let it die. Um, Cause somebody was like, oh, they're talking about you on, you know, 810 or they're talking about you here. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, again, like I had like hangover anxiety. So I was just like, oh. <laughs> Oh my God. And then when the shit hit the fan, like I hadn't, I like, I was like in tears with my boss. Cause he's like, why is the news here? Like, why is this oh. person on the phone? And I was like, I might have done about this. <laughs> <laughs> I was so wigged out. And like, I, people probably don't believe me or think it sounds lame, but I was freaking out. Sure. <laughs> it was a lot. So were you, uh, were you like refreshing Twitter during this whole time? Like while you were at work, like, did you, obviously your phone was blowing up, but, uh, were you like watching? Because I, I got to tell you, after I saw your tweet, I, I was at work this day. I, I was, I was corresponding. We should go back Taylor and pull the G chat logs on this, but oh, yeah. I, I literally was like every five minutes we were kind of like, I mean, we were both madly refreshing Twitter for the entire two hours from your tweet to Schefter's <laughs> tweet and with the Tim Grunhard tweet in between there. And I, I even DM'd Therese, um, which is actually mm-hmm. a sad part of the story yeah. now. That makes me kind of bummed out. Like I was, I was exploring all of my connections that I had, you know, I was, I was doing some sleuthing. Were you, were you like just frantically refreshing Twitter? I mean, obviously you're like, you're at work. Like, did you see that Schefter tweet the moment it came out or what was that like? Um, I think I did. I saw it pretty quick. Um, my boss was refreshing stuff on our desktop, but I think honestly, the reason I knew Schefter's tweet was because I started getting tagged in the replies. Like oh. I, cause I was still working. And then uh, I think we saw the announcement. Um, and I was kind of like, Oh, look at that. You were right. Justin. We were like, that's fun. You know, just kind of like, ha ha. We, we, we knew that this morning. <laughs> and then suddenly I'm getting a barrage of notifications. That's like, Katie Cam had it first or like, nice try. Katie had it first. And I was like, oh my God, what is happening? Well, (laughs) I remember you talking about how you experienced the Twitter like notification filter for the first time where it blew up so much (laughs) that that you were like, it actually asks me like what types of notifications I want to see here. It was like, you're getting a lot of notifications. (laughs) They're like, do you want to slow this down a little bit? It's crazy. I had it filtered for a while just because there was a lot, but then I realized that I was missing some like, you know, just beer questions or like nice people. Um, I, I wasn't yeah. really quite sure what it was filtering and what it wasn't. Um, so I, I ended up taking it off. But at the on that first day, it was I mean, my phone was going to die like it was just this madness. So you've been getting a ton or you got a, I know for sure around that time, a ton of like anytime NFL news would break and there was a Chiefs fan that saw it, they would be like, well, what does Katie say? Or what is, yeah. you know, I mean, it was it, I loved the like the like insider, they treated you like better than Schefter. I mean, I always thought that was kind of a funny twist, but I bet as a person that actually likes to interact on Twitter as a normal person, it probably was a little annoying to have to kind of sift through all the crap and get to the people that you actually wanted to talk to. I mean, the, the cool thing is that there's really just been like the amount of 
positive interactions versus the negative. There's been so much more positive, um, which is kind of surprising because the internet is kind of a hellhole sometimes. Um, yeah, especially Twitter. <laughs> like uh, somebody, I think it was that somebody replied to something and they're like, oh yeah, because I, I talked about the filter notifications and they're like, I tried to ask you uh, this question and I was like, oh my God, I never saw it. Um, so I don't know, like I'll, I still get those you know, like messages about like, well, what's Katie have to say or I won't believe it until then. <laughs> you know, it's always kind of like, oh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I didn't want to seem like I thought I actually knew anything because I don't know anything about actual inside info. So it's like fun to still play along. I, what I'm curious about is, so obviously Schefter tweets it out. It's official. Seven minutes later, you say, holy shit, I beat Schefter. Ha ha ha. Which is, I think, still your pin tweet. That's <laughs> yeah. a good one. That's a good consolation prize. What was the first, you mentioned kind of you know, the media calling in to work or showing up at work, what was kind of the first media inkling that they were kind of onto the story and how did that kind of build? So I think what happened first, and this is when I just like had a meltdown is my boss is like, Casey stars on the phone for you. Oh. I was like, Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, I was just kind of like, I was really just like overwhelmed. And I was like, I don't really want to talk about anything right now. And like, I think they took some some of what I tried to say on the phone out of, like, context, and they still wrote an article, and I was kind of like, oh, guys, I didn't want to talk to you, and, like... Classic star. <laughs> it wasn't great, and they're like, can you promise we'll be the only one that you talk to? And I was like, I just don't want to do any of this. Um, so, I think the star was first, and then Fox 4, like, literally showed up in the parking lot, and I went and hide, I hid in the beer cooler. jeez journalists and at that point I was like in tears and I was like I'm gonna be in so much trouble and like the store owner was calling me from next door because she um she is a chiropractor next door and she owns the business and uh, my boss was like she wants to know what's going on and I was like "Ah!" I just like (laughs) not it was so much um and then when it really like shit got real was uh Jory Jory Epstein from USA Today called whoa and I was like Wait, why? I was like, do you want to talk to me? <laughs> so are they are they calling the store then? And they're just saying, yes. hey, is, is Katie there? Like that? <laughs> so our our like Plaza Liquor phone was just Blown want to talk to Katie, you want to talk to Katie. And like finally, like I had to basically they were filtering calls for me and they're like, she's she's working. She she just wants to work. Like we don't want to talk right now. And <laughs> well, I'll tell you how desperate these people get. Corey Anderson on 810 DM'd me because we had just talked on Twitter and he was like, <laughs> hey, looks like you've like got a, a like Katie listens when you talk. Can you ask her to come <laughs> on 810? And I'm like, no, like, what are you? You're crazy. I, like, I feel bad because I did like turn a lot of people down and um, there were there were so many messages in the first week or so that like I didn't even a lot of time I didn't see them all or like they got pushed down and like, cause people were getting on my Instagram, people were messaging on my like Facebook, which I have pretty locked down because I don't really use it. And I just, I know that there were a lot of people that I just kind of inadvertently ignored and I felt bad, but I was just like, literally, I was so overwhelmed that I just couldn't even like, I was like, I don't even know where to begin responding. Like, and I didn't know like what the chiefs wanted me to do. Like if, you know, if they were upset and then, you know, so I would just like kind of, like, I just was kind of like shut down for a minute. I just was happy when the the tweet that the star used in their article was somebody replying to my tweet <laughs> with a screenshot of your tweet. So I was like, oh, well, yeah. look, I'm hearing the replies. <laughs> when this you is somebody posted, replying to me. <laughs> when you posted that you still had a screenshot, I was like, you son of a bitch. 
was like, God you know damn what? It. He's trying you know to ruin me. You know what's funny about that is like when you're using the app, you know, like sometimes it'll stay like cached in there or whatever yeah. for a while after it gets deleted. That's how I broke that weird Tyron Matthews story where you know he tweeted something and replied to some random person with 20 followers. Where I did he was see like, that. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if I'm going to sign an extension here, guys. And then I literally retweeted it and he immediately deleted it. But I was like, ah, <laughs> you think this is gone, Tyrant? No. You, you think, think this is my first rodeo? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jinx. See, yeah. you're in, you're in, you're in good company though, because you know, all the great, all the great uh, Chiefs Twitter personalities are just deleting tweets left and right. So it's. I feel like Tyrant deletes a lot. He does. He really does. <laughs> well, at what point did it, did it start to become fun? Like obviously it, it sounds like that first afternoon, it was kind of paralyzing, which is completely understandable um, given the amount of attention that was suddenly focused on you. And even after the news became official, which is kind of weird, you know, obviously you were, you were first. That's like but, when it got crazy, crazy. Right. Um, yeah. That first day honestly was exhausting. Like I, I was closing at work. So I worked until like nine and I was just like, I was just worn out and like stressed and emotionally like very frayed. Um, <laughs> and I I talked to the the chiefs guy that night, he came back in and he was, I think we were the only two people, honestly, that were like nervous about this situation. Uh, sure. I was freaking out about getting him in trouble. And I was like, dude, I'm so, so sorry. Like, I didn't think it would mean anything. And, and he was like, if we could just not like, do media if you could just let this like kind of die out and I was like yeah dude no worries and then um it's you know it, I was kind of just trying to like quietly ride the wave and I was like oh you know the news cycle will change um right. and, and the Chiefs reached back out when they were signing Chris Jones and we did that little um Love we, that. yeah we did that little teaser at the store it was really really brief um and that's when I was like okay so I'm not in trouble <laughs> <laughs> well and i remember you screenshotting Schefter's dm to you yeah that, that was like you know congrats and then obviously you did the espn bit what was that whole process i mean was that did they call you up and say do you want to film something and yeah um so they um somebody contacted me from nfl sunday countdown and they're like we have this idea um we're gonna you know we, we want to do this thing at the store and play it um, on nfl sunday countdown and have adam Schefter be in it and I was like, if the Chiefs people are okay with this, then I'm okay with it. So, like, I was like, you have to have them okay it. Because, um, like, I don't want my lifetime hometown team to hate me or, you know. Yeah. So, hey, of course, um, sure. of <laughs> so, after we did the Chris Jones thing and had a little bit of fun and some of the, the Chiefs guys that came were like, oh, no, like, Beach was laughing. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so... I, I think at that point, like the stress started to kind of go down a little bit because I was like, okay, I haven't like the, you know, I haven't jeopardized that guy's job. The the office isn't mad at me. Um, Didn't burn any bridges. Right. Yeah. That, Cause that's really what I was worried about. Um, but yeah, then, um, well, actually first before the, the NFL Sunday countdown thing, Adam Schefter messaged me and I'll pull them up because I will always save these DMs for the rest of the time. <laughs> Adam Schefter. He was like, um, How's this? Want to have some fun with this on my podcast tomorrow? Um, would tape tomorrow, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, send your email and I'll have my producer send you a link. And I was like, Ooh, big time. <laughs> I know. Fancy. <laughs> um, and then I said, let me try to communicate with the chief's office to make sure that, you know, they're okay with it. And he's like, I just spoke with Brett Beach. He liked the idea. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, straight to the top, Adam. Okay. Sure. Big time in me there. I get it. Uh, That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So at that point, uh, so then we did a little phone call for his podcast, um, which was, he's just, he's so nice. Um, yeah. And he's really funny. So we did that. And then the skit that they wanted to film for NFL Sunday Countdown kind of started with me and Adam talking on the phone. Um, so they kind of went off of that for their their skit inspiration. But that was crazy. <laughs> I love that. That was really well shot. And I just thought it was hilarious. Yeah, the guys working on it, um, Micah Brown was, uh, I think, the, the director. I think that's what his job was. He's great. Um, they've, they've been working. They do a ton of um, different, like, sports media there's lots of people that I've met and lots of names, but um, <laughs> they do some really good stuff. And it was, yeah, it was very professional. Like it was, it was the real deal. It was a long ass day. Man, I bet. <laughs> so obviously you've recapped this moment a lot over the last year and looking back on it. So if you could go back in time and talk to yourself before that day started, would you, would you take anything back? Would you do it differently? Would you, did you, you know, did it all work out? All right. Do you have any regrets? It worked out. All right. Um, Oh, that's a good question. No one's asked me that yet. Um, Boom. We're, we're a professional podcast here. <laughs> Very professional. Schefter may have the the inside tweets, but we got the we got the questions. We got. But do you have a producer that will email me? The that's emails. me. Yeah, I emailed you our show doc. Yep, there yeah. you go. Boom. Boom. Roasted. <laughs> um, sometimes, I mean, I have had little like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have deleted the tweet. Um, but I stand by. Sorry. No, that's okay <laughs> because it's very like it's on brand for me to like worry about like hurting someone's feelings or, you know, jeopardizing someone like it's, it's on brand. Um, and it has kind of taught me a little bit about impulsivity. Um, <laughs> cause I am a very impulsive person. Um, yeah, it all worked out. It was just, uh, it was kind of crazy. I think if I could, if I could go back, maybe, uh, I don't know, probably could have phrased it better. Like it made it, <laughs> you know, these five five googly eyes instead of four sure right well i think one thing that made it so huge you know if it had been if you had guessed that it was a tyree kill extension or something i mean you know you would have tweeted the same thing but it it wouldn't have had the big impact it was not only mahomes but it was the biggest deal in american professional sports which is not something that you really had in mind when you tweeted it you just knew that they said there was a big (laughs) signing and you were like oh it's probably mahomes like you said it's kind of an inevitable deal you figured that was going to happen anyway. Yeah, turned, out, Chris Jones, yeah. turned out to be the mega deal of all mega deals. And I think that that also kind of played into, you know, the huge, huge impact that it had. I wonder maybe, you know, if it had been a four year extension for Mahomes, I wonder if it had even, you know, been a, been a thing. Right. Because um, like Greg Bishop for sports illustrated, he wrote a huge, very uh, thorough article on, you know, other record-breaking contracts and then Mahomes' contract. And there's like two paragraphs about me in sports. Nice. Which is cool as hell. There's a baby picture of me in like a little Chiefs cheerleading uniform too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is your second time in Sports Illustrated then because Austin and I's podcast is officially a Sports Illustrated podcast. So congrats again. That's awesome. (laughs) But yeah, so like, I mean, that that article may not have happened had, you know, it was all about record-breaking contracts. Um, something I've also thought about a lot, and I don't really know the answer, but it was such a slow year in sports news because of right. COVID. So yeah. like, I've had the thought many times that like in a normal year, it may not have been this crazy, but That's I think people, point. people like, um, for, like for a lot of Kansas Cityans, it was kind of like a feel good story. You know, people wanted to see like positive people pieces 
and just like good, like fluff, happy news, you know? So I think that was part of the reason that it got so popular was because it was just like, you know what I mean? Like it was just like a, a, a nice, like positive person. Thing. Yeah, we were lacking oh, positive news in 2020. 100%. Yeah. yeah, I was, when, I was, yeah. when I was going back and looking at the tweets from that day, yesterday on the anniversary i mean i i tweeted that i was like look the only good things that have happened this year were the chiefs won the super bowl and patrick Mahomes signed a 10-year yeah. deal like that's it those are the only good things that have happened all year so you were you were definitely a part of the second best day of the year for kansas cityans right. in in a big way i mean yeah but but you earned it look you you broke the news um <laughs> i gotta ask you this if you had let that tweet stay up, what do you think your retweet slash like count would have gotten to? Because you got seven oh. retweets on that tweet in about four minutes. <laughs> it, it was so fast that I was like, oh, God, no. This is out of my control. I've made a huge mistake. I literally like kept looking at my phone going, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. <laughs> I think that tweet would be, I mean, you'd have like, I don't know, 20,000, 30,000 <laughs> likes on there or, or be pretty crazy on there. I mean, you would be, you'd be able to sell that as a non fungible token or whatever. Oh my is. God. I didn't even think about that. You'd be able yeah. to sell that. You'd be able to sell that tweet, Katie, mm-hmm. but you never would because you know, because then you lose right. rights to it. Is that how that works? Yeah. I don't know how it works. It seems I, so I've never been important enough to sell, sell, sell my tweets. So I've tried to read about what an NFT is like four times and I just yeah. don't really get it. I, I think it's, you know, it's a lot like crypto where like, I think we're just old enough to like not have the brain power to understand it. I think some young kids that for some reason they get it, but I don't know. Cause I was like, like with, with gifts and things, I'm like, but you could save it on your computer and uh-huh. it's like, but that's not the original one. I was like, who cares? Like- right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I guess people talk about it being like, like how do you know? Like how where they're you- like, you just get a collection, you just buy it and then you have it. And then you tell people like, Oh, here's my collection of NFTs. But like, I don't know. It's dumb. I'm so like, yeah, I have that gift too on my phone and I didn't pay for it. Like, I don't Or I could just Google it right now. Like <laughs> right. I just anytime. It's yeah. So I, I cannot wrap it's my head crazy. around it. What has it been like at the store since this happened? I bet it's crazy, right? It's kind of, it's calmed down now. Um, but every, especially at the beginning and still every once in a while, like people will come in and they'll like just be looking at me. And I'll be like, it's me. I'm like, I know what you're, I was like, yes, it is me. I'm not a zoo animal. Come on, guys. <laughs> or like, I'll hear like, hello. I'm a person. No, it's just, I can always tell when someone like recognizes me and I'm like, you're right. It's okay. Um, what the crazy thing is like, there have been people that have come in from out of town and they stop at Plaza Liquor, like just to say hi. And I never know what to do do i'm like usually sweaty from moving beer and like sure. running around and i'm like hey this is me <laughs> you're impressed like I, I never know what to do for like somebody one time was like i'm a big fan and i was like of what, <laughs> I, was like, what? <laughs> I was like i don't do anything <laughs> oh wow, you're a great twitter follower i mean even you know outside the, the oh, chief even, stuff even pre even pre i mean i don't know i wish i was I was trying to figure this out today. I wish Twitter would like tell you when you became friends with somebody. Right. Like Facebook does. It's like mm-hmm. one of the only things that Facebook does well. But I, I was guess trying to remember. Like it, I've been following you for a while. Yeah. Well, you guys yeah, have been there. I, yeah, we've been there. We've been there from the beginning. But I mean, it just was a, it was so funny. Cause I, I like, you know, last summer we were doing the the podcast and we were doing the, the SI thing and, 
you know, I was, I was feeling pretty good about my follower count and you like blew, blew by me in like three <laughs> days or something like that, it which is... doesn't matter. I don't care about that, but like also, you know, what I am surprised by is that it hasn't gone down. I figured that I would have a huge hike and then people would be like, Oh, it's not a chiefs all the time account or, you know, I don't know. Right. Sure. Right. Right. I try to just do me and it's still like, it's still going. And I had another big spike when the, um, when the NFL Sunday countdown thing came out and, you know, sometimes I'll have the audacity to talk about, you know, women's rights or, or black oh. matter or something. Oh, sure. We'll be like, unfollow. And I'm like, I don't want to hear any good. Like, yeah. Right. right. Um, but it's like, for the most part, there's really not been like a huge backslide, which I was fully prepared for. Cause I mean, it's just Twitter. Like I, I don't care. I'm just surprised. And I guess like, it's nice that people have wanted to stick around. It's, it's not what I was expecting. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't that's think that's great. very surprising for us at all. <laughs> I feel like uh, when, when you're good at Twitter, you're good at Twitter and you're good at Twitter. You are good at Twitter. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's <laughs> like, uh, but I mean that the politics tweets, man, if you want to lose followers, you just, uh, you already know this. But you're losing I, the right followers. That right, that's I don't exactly want right. You don't, also, you don't like, want them there anyway. Anyone who values Twitter follower count over like saying what's right. I don't, you know, yep. trash. totally, of course. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, despite the stresses of being Twitter famous, uh, one thing that remains constant is it's always sunny in chief's kingdom. 